Support for this podcast comes from Avature ATS, an applicant tracking system that redefines user experience for candidates, recruiters and hiring managers. Just listen to one of the many ways in which L'Oreal USA has improved their hiring process with Avature, as told by Edward Dias, Director of Recruitment Intelligence and Innovation. Since we've been using Avature ATS globally, we have been able to massively improve our communication rate with candidates during and following their application. Uh, before over a million people worldwide would never get contacted. Um, but with this smart automation and flexible processes, we've been able to change that. And that's been a huge achievement. Visit avature.net, that's A-V-A-T-U-R-E dot net, to learn why global market leaders like L'Oreal choose Avature to extend the candidate experience from shoulder tap to first day. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi everyone, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 224 of the Recruiting Future podcast. Implementing and even working with recruitment technology on a day-to-day basis can hold some challenges. So how can you make sure you're getting the most from your system in terms of driving the efficiencies and end-user satisfaction you need to achieve key recruiting objectives? To share the benefits of their experience, my guests this week are Megan DeVille, an HRIS analyst, and Alison Thomas, talent acquisition recruiter, both of whom work for Latrum. Enjoy the interview. Hi, Megan and Alison, and welcome to the podcast. Hi, Matt. How are you doing today? Hi, Matt. Glad to be here. Absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Could you both introduce yourselves and tell us what you do? Hi, uh, my name is Megan DeVille. I'm an HRIS analyst with Latrum, and I've been here for three years. I generally like to describe myself to employees at the company as the HR computer nerd. And my name is Allison Thomas. I have been here for about two years, but I've been in recruiting for about 28. Um, this company, Latrum and Interlocks, were my, my biggest client when I was on the, in the staffing world. And I'm very happy to be here and having a great time. Now, before we get sort of further into your really interesting story, could you just, for those people who who may not be familiar with Latrum, could you just tell us what the company does? So Latrum and Interlox, which is our largest division, especially overseas where you guys are, um, we're a manufacturing, engineering, and innovation company. We have about 2,800 employees globally. So our headquarters is in New Orleans, Louisiana, United States, but we also have locations in Maryland, Amsterdam, UK, Brazil, Australia, China, India, and Japan. We have six divisions, and we pretty much do some of the most uninteresting sounding things that you can possibly imagine. Uh, We build shrimp peeling and nut pasteurizing machines, alternating tread stairs, and our largest division, Interlox, makes modular plastic conveying belts and complex conveying solutions. So on its surface, maybe not the most interesting company in the world. Uh, However, what really sets us apart and and what is really important to our discussion today is that Latrum has a culture of innovation and continuous improvement at at all employee levels. 
Our employees are empowered to be self-managed, and we're coached to a mindset of continuous improvement, and that is through our Latrim Continuous Improvement Program. Tell us a bit more about um, recruiting and talent acquisition. What does what does that look like in the organization? So Latrim is a small, uh, relatively hierarchy, hierarchically flat organization. Um, until recently, we had two recruiters in the U.S. and one talent acquisition coordinator, one recruiter for all of EMEA, and one recruiter in all of APAC. And those guys are really mostly self-managed on their own recruiting strategies. We've recently added two, two U.S. recruiters and one recruiter in EMEA, as well as a director of talent acquisition. Uh, we're running Avature Recruiting for our applicant tracking system and uh, candidate relationship management, as well as onboarding. And me, Megan, uh, the HRS analyst, I support the Avature system, as, as well as a number of other things here at Latrum. And I'll just jump in there. You know, as a recruiter here, um, we are we have a very high volume of jobs to fill. Although the company, um, Megan might describe it as small, I think of it as it's a bigger company in our area. So we're at close to maybe 2,700 people globally. Um, the company is very rapidly growing. The divisions are all, we have multiple divisions and they grow at different paces, but all of us are, are moving in, in, a, in a very positive direction so that we have a high volume of activity and we're a highly innovative company. Overall, it's all about, like Megan said, continuous improvement, but we have a very, um, we maintain a real logical and calculated move um, as we grow. So we're very careful about how we're growing and we're very just a very customer service oriented company all, all the way around. And to back up, Allison, I do have a couple of numbers available. We currently have 175 recs open globally. We have 149 in the U.S. Um, and our hires for 2019 year-to-date are 481, with 421 of those being in the United States. So uh, we are, as Allison said, for our area, we're a large company. New Orleans tends to be a very small business. Um, but for the size of recruiting organization that we are, we do have a lot of activity. Absolutely. And um, I think it'd be interesting to just kind of dig into that a little bit more deeply. So so obviously, you've got a large, um, you know, large volumes of recruitment going going through. Um, tell us a bit more about the sort of specific talent acquisition challenges that you, that you that you have with that. You know, challenges are always, I think for all recruiters, the biggest challenge is going to be time. You know, now that now that we have access to the internet, so many more people can reach you if they want to. You just have an excessive amount of applicants. So time is, of course, um, something that needs to be managed very well. Um, we also have issues with quality candidates versus the quantity of candidates. So pulling out that quality um, candidate from large volumes of, of you know, the applicant pool is really important. Um, so anyway, challenges, I'd say, you know, being, having the time to be proactive, being able to do more of a targeted outreach Real, real strong out, you know, sourcing outside of our own system is important and just having the time to network with people. So, you know, in, in today's world where, where, um, you have such a high, um, volume of candidates flowing, flowing into your company, being able to sort through those candidates in a real effective way is super important. You know, Allison and I usually come out on completely opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to, to answering questions like this, but I'm actually like 100% in alignment with you on wow, this Wow, that's the first, that's a first. 
So I think I'm, and, and looking at that from the HRIS analyst perspective is I'm well aware that the recruiters that I am, am responsible for providing with tools don't have a lot of time for complex processes or constantly learning new ways of doing things. So the challenge from the technology perspective is how to state that desire for information and more and more desire for analytics for people who don't have a lot of time to engage with the system or don't have the skill set to engage with the system. So how can I provide them with tools that are uh, low effort but very high value? And then for me, a secondary challenge on top of that is process adoption and tool adoption. Uh, so contrary to popular belief, a lot of effort really goes into designing these processes before we configure a system and roll it out to people. However, it's, it's not always exactly perfect the first time through. Uh, technology, especially these days more and more as the systems become more flexible, is an iterative process that you need to kind of experiment with and, and tweak as you go. Um, we also have an additional challenge here at Latrum. Allison had indicated before that we believe very strongly in the human touch and really keeping a very customer service oriented focus. So as a HRIS practitioner, what I run into here sometimes is a very well-meaning belief that the human touch is superior to technology and automation when really they, it's my job to convince them that those two things can be used in concert to provide a really great customer service experience. Yes, and the tools, I'll say this, the tools that I get from Aperture, um, questionnaires and lists, things that allow me to go through a candidate, a candidate um, pool fairly quickly and efficiently and then get to those candidates that I need to reach out to personally. So, um, you know, all the tools that Aperture provides to me are really just to, um, to help me streamline my day so that I'm not overwhelmed with um, a, a huge candidate pool at all times. I still have I still look at all the candidates that come through, but I'm able to find those top level candidates pretty quickly. So, so those are those are the tools that really work for me. And are there kind of any other um, strategies that you're using to um, overcome um, the the challenges that you have? So I think starting more on, on a macro level here, I have I would say that the number one strategy that we've employed here is, is looking at a system not as this horrible, unchanging monolith, but as like a living, changeable organism. Oh, it's funny that I look at computers as, as people. <laughs> um, of course, there are some reasonable limits to this, right? You can't completely uproot it and change it all of the time. However, you, you can redesign in very small ways. So if you think of your system as something that is unchanging and unyielding, then you're basically resigning yourself to just dealing with processes that don't work for you. Um, and if you look at your system as something that can be just ever so gently stretched and eased into a perfect fit, then you'll find that you do have room for growth and your, your end users are going to have a better relationship and attitude to the system that they are using because they know that it can be modified for their needs. So the flexibility of the system that we're using, which is Aperture, allows us to make those easy and quick changes that that remove some of that pinch or ill-fitting process for us. Um, we are always identifying and implementing what I've termed as micro-innovations to address system issues that all organizations encounter, right? You 
set out on this journey, you define your process, you implement your system, and you find that maybe something's not working exactly the way that you thought it would. And rather than just throwing your hands up in the air and saying, oh, well, we're, we're stuck with it now, what can you do in your system to ease that pain point or remove that bottleneck or personalize it ever so slightly? It doesn't require a complete system redesign. You're just making little tiny changes along the way that make it a more pleasant experience. Yes, and I'll say, and let me add to that, you know, the one thing that has been really nice is that Megan will come to me and say, hey, what do you need? What do you need from this system? Um, and my needs can be different from another recruiter. You know, I've just, I have a very high volume. Um, so what I need this system to do um, is something very specific to me. And I'm able to, to ask Megan for very specific things that, you know, and having a flexible system allows for that, which, is, which has been really helpful. So, and you know what Megan needs from the system, I don't need. And I don't really care about that much about reporting. I don't care that they can <laughs> tell how many jobs we filled. I just want to make sure they're getting filled with the right people. So everyone's got a different um, approach to this, this system and, and taking out of it what, what works for them. So, I mean, you obviously have a, a, a very close working relationship from a systems and, a, and, a, and a, a recruitment perspective. What makes that relationship work so well? And, um, you know, what are some of the other advantages that, that you get from being able to, um, you know, work so closely together? Matt, I'm going to tell you that Megan and I really could not be more different in so many ways. So our we're different generations. We have very different personalities. So Megan is a process map. You're A to B kind of person, and I'm like a hurricane spaghetti model. I know I'm, I know where I want to go. I might zig when I zag, when I should zag. Um, we've come at things so completely differently. It's kind of like watching um, watching Megan attack a problem. For me, it's like looking at uh, you know an outer space person from another planet because she comes at things so differently than I would. She's very data driven. I'm very I'm a people pleaser. She's cerebral. I'm emotional. But we appreciate those differences in each other. I learn a lot from her. I learn a lot about watching the the process on how her mind works and where she's coming, where she's where she's trying to go um, to solve a problem. And we're, we really always have the same goal. We know where we're trying to go, but we just come at it from very different ways. So I really enjoy that relationship with Megan. I don't want to work with someone who's just like me. I won't ever learn anything if I've got people around me who think the same way that I do all the time. So anyway, I think that's kind of where our, where our relationship has blossomed in that we appreciate the vast differences. And I will say, <laughs> I never know a single movie that – I haven't seen a single movie that she's seen. I never know any of the references that she talks about, and she doesn't know mine. But um, we promise that we're going to watch each other's movies one day so we can get, <laughs> get on an even, even field. I, I actually would question, too. Alice and I were in complete agreement, so – I'm I'm a techie through and through. I'm a huge nerd, which is part of, part of it's generational and part of it's just I'm really really nerdy. <laughs> really nerdy. <laughs> but I don't know the first thing about recruiting, right? So I I need somebody who's going to be brutally honest with me about what your day to day is like, so that I can understand that and I can understand what tools are going to fly and what tools are not going to fly. And what's really great about Allison is she's very open to experimenting with new tools and methods. And that's so important, but it's really hard to find. Like in a lot of instances where I've been working on systems with end users, they say they'll give it a, sh a fair shake, but then they don't. They either just don't use the tool at all and tell me they didn't like it or try it for a day or two and get frustrated because it is 
difficult learning something new. So it takes that time. We're all very pressed for time, and, and I can completely understand that. But Allison is, is just so amazingly willing to just keep at it, give it a fair shake, give it a few days to settle in, and then if she's still unhappy with it, she'll tell me, like, here's why this doesn't work. It's not helpful. It takes too long. Um, it, it doesn't give me the exact information that I need. Um, I trust her to be really honest with me, and I think that trust is really important. I trust her to be really honest, to give it a real try, but she also trusts that, like, my heart is in the right place and that I really want to provide her with the best possible tool, and I would not have suggested this if I didn't truly believe that it might make her experience or our other recruiters as well to make their experience better if they give it a shot. That's absolutely brilliant because I think you're 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 kind of really demonstrating um, the success of, of 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 having people with sort of diversity of thought working together um, can 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 bring. Um, moving moving on to innovation, you said that innovation was very much in the DNA of the company, and you talked about some of the kind of micro innovations that you were doing. Innovation is kind of a massive topic in talent acquisition. Everything's changing, you know, new technologies are coming on board, new ways of thinking, new ways of working. How do you keep pace with the innovation that's kind of going on in the wider industry? And have you got any sort of particular strategies to, to drive innovation within your own, within your own operation? So you're absolutely right that we as employees of Latrum with our, our philosophy of continuous improvement, that's just the way our minds work. We're always thinking about ways that we can be better at doing the things that we're best at. But with regards to our talent strategy in particular, and I, I love coming out of the gate with this, we don't necessarily have our act together, right? You always perceive that your Cisco's and, and your large companies with these huge talent acquisition areas, they have this plan, this three-year plan, the five-year plan. They know exactly what they're doing. We're a small organization with very few people, and, and I'm here to say it's okay to not know what you're doing at some point. So for us, the last three years has really been a series of band-aids on some major problems that we had run into. So our talent acquisition strategy involved Lotus Notes, Outlook, and, and a standard office telephone for a number of years, and that was fine for us. And then all of a sudden, our growth started exploding, and you realize in one of those moments that it just dawns on you, like, we're not fine anymore. We were we were yesterday, and today we realize that we're not. So for the last three years, what we've been doing is putting some Band-Aids out there, just trying to stop the bleeding and to catch up with where we perceive the rest of the TA world is. And now, at that point, our priority was, what do we need to be successful right now? And within the, the last six months, we've really reached a point where we're, we stopped the bleeding, we're comfortable, we are at a normal, <laughs> we've, we've just evened out, right? So now uh, we've actually recently hired on a director of talent acquisition who is, is kind of helping us to craft our talent acquisition group and uh, eventually our talent acquisition technology into a more forward-facing strategy. So I would just say if you're out there and you're listening to this and, and you're just, 
doing what you do and you're you're making it ends meet every day, like there are tons of companies out there like you that are just making the ends meet who your strategy right now is what do I need to be successful today? And then you start asking, what do I need to be successful next year? And what do we need to be successful three years from now? Sometimes that's technology. Sometimes that's people. Sometimes that's processes. It's going to be different from organization to organization. Yeah, and I'll add to that. I, you know, when it comes to innovation and technology, I use those as a tool for me to be even more personal with um, the employees and the applicants. I'm not looking for technology to separate me more um, from the personal touch. So when they come up with something, you know, some kind of new technology for me, I'm like, how is this going to free me up so that I can even be better and more accessible to more people. You know, our company is is very um, is is uh, you know, like we've said, we have a continuous improvement philosophy. It's you know to treat people as you would like to be treated. Um, and reporter recruiters have a really important job here. I mean, we we are our role is very vital to make sure we're hiring the right people, and you know that the hires that you bring in can change the landscape of a company. So you want to make sure that you're taking that job very seriously. And that requires a personal touch for me. I'm all about, um, you know, I want to have more interviews. I want to do more phone screens. I network with more people. You want to, you want to be, um, keep, keep that human contact really important and not let the computer take over your day and take over your job. I think that's really, really important, Allison. Like, I'm getting ready to go to HR Tech next month and look at all of these amazing technologies. And, and the misperception of technology is that you buy a technology and you implement it and all of your problems are solved. Um, people overestimate what that technology is going to do for you. And Allison is amazing. Like, obviously, I believe technology is going to solve all of our problems, and it, right? And I believe it's just going to create a couple of hiccups. It's, going to be, it's not necessarily going to solve them. And if it starts solving them for us, then we have a problem. One one thing that I reiterate, especially because our company, not just the recruiters, but the hiring managers also are, are very strongly um, behind this notion of keeping a human touch. So Allison grounds me, the hiring managers ground me, and they remind me constantly, this is about the humans that we are dealing with. It's about our candidates and giving them a great candidate experience. For us, for the recruiters and, and me as HRS, it's about our hiring managers and making hiring easy for them. Uh, and that's so important to remember. Ask how each technology that you are considering is going to make things better for your end users. Not more complicated, not more flashy, not more, not adding processes and adding time. How is it going to be a tool in their tool belt that is going to release them from administrative tasks or non-value-added tasks? so that they can spend their time doing what they do best, which is providing that human-to-human touch and the the subjective human-to-human interactions that are so critical to the recruiting function. So final question. Tell us a bit about the the future. What what have you got planned? What excites you most about the the future of talent acquisition within your organization? I think this is one where Alice and I are going to be on opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah, I'm literally about to say... I'm looking for the, what I like about technology, number one, is that it is allowing us to reach out across the globe. 
you know, years ago when I first started recruiting, I had a stack of index card, cards on my desk and a telephone, and you could only access basically people who read your newspaper and walked in your door. Well, now we can access people all across, all across the world. And that has, um, that's exciting, and it opens up, uh, we're a global company, so we're, you know, allowed to reach out globally and um, bring a lot more people into um, our consideration. So uh, the use of technology for me is just to increase my ability to engage with more people. Um, but Megan sees, you know, she's a brave new world kind of girl. So I will take the innovation that she gives me and, and work the best that I can with it, but I'll let you take it from here. No, that's, that's a perfect jumping off point for me because that gives me heart palpitations, right? <laughs> like you, you are getting more and more and more and more candidates, and uh, frankly, it's, it's getting easier for candidates to just throw their name in the hat for any job. Uh, you know, before you had to fill out a, a six-page form with a pen and drop it off, somewhere by driving there and doing this in person. The first round of technology, you had to laboriously type all of your information into these forms. Well, now you can come to our website and you can apply for 12 jobs with just the click of a button. You pull your resume up from Google Docs, you throw it into our, our application, it parses everything and you hit submit. And now you've applied for 14 jobs that you're not actually qualified for, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm looking at that nightmare and thinking, how, how do we make this more efficient for recruiters? Because this is only going to continue. Um, so for me, recruiting is this kind of nightmare of gray area and inefficiency. And, and what I am most excited about in HR technology for talent acquisition space is things that are going to remove some of that mess and make it easier for us to all connect. So I'm really excited by the technology that's coming out that's matching, predictively matching candidates to jobs is like my number one thing that's really exciting at the moment. And I know Aperture has something on their docket for us in the future, and I'm really excited to see when that comes out because right now, lists and forms and questionnaires can only do so much to help weed that out. And also, thinking from your candidate experience, I'm thinking about my recruiters, but I'm also thinking about the candidates. Obviously, they're putting their, their names forward for jobs that they're not qualified for because it's so difficult to figure out what you are qualified for. So how can technology help candidates know where they would be best used, and how can it help our recruiters identify the best candidates, and how can that be a seamless process that doesn't require a ton of analytics work? It just requires you to log into your system, and that is ready for you. Megan and Alison, it's been absolutely brilliant to talk to you. Thank you so much for being on the show. My thanks to Megan and Alison. You can subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts or via your podcasting app of choice. Please also follow us on Instagram. You can find the show by searching for Recruiting Future. If you're a Spotify or Pandora user, you can also find the show there. You can find all the past episodes at www.rfpodcast.com. On that site, you can subscribe to the mailing list and find out more about working with me. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next time and I hope you'll join me. This is my show. <laughs>